Greetings, my good people. How are you? How's it going? How's everything doing in your neck of the woods? Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's being safe. I know there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear to a certain extent. But here, over the course of the next 45 minutes to an hour, I'll certainly try to ease that as best as possible to talk some realism, but at the same time, some optimism. Not only with what's going on in the world of sports, but just a few words of wisdom here as we move forward in a different world here on the latest edition of the J Reels Podcast. This is your host, J Reels. For my first-timers, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to this content, what it is that I have to say about what's happening in the world of sports. And for those who have been banging with me for now 118 episodes, I welcome you guys back. Again, it's a Monday, March the 16th in the year of our Lord 2020, the Ides of March, the J Reels What's the Deal segment. I like to call it that just to give you an overview of what to expect here over the course of this podcast, and it goes as follows. Iona hires a new college basketball coach as Tim Kloos, who leaves Iona, which is pretty much right in the epicenter in the northeast of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. The now new coach is a one Rick Pitino. Has Iona sold themselves to the devil? We'll definitely get into that, as well as the NFL, as Wednesday will be the raising of the curtain of the new season. In fact, today, actually, you're going to hear a lot of rumors, a lot of news, which I'm sure sports fans are going to be chomping at the bit for. We'll get into everything that's happening in the NFL with a couple of big signings, including a big trade for the Baltimore Ravens. So before I begin, you do not need to adjust your volume or your settings because if you do hear this airy background, it's because there's air conditioning coming through a vent that's right above me. It's coming through probably into the microphone. I do hear it a little bit on my headphones, but hopefully it's not much of a hindrance, so I apologize ahead of time. But I'm sure I come through loud and clear, and please... Just try to concentrate on that as opposed to the air in the background. Now watch. You're probably going to listen to it or listen for it over the course of the next 45 minutes or so. But uh, I just wanted to put that out there just in case if you're wondering where the hell is that noise coming from. It's interesting when we look at the month of March in the past. And unlike this year compared to the last couple of years where I like to deem this the sports dead zone. Where after the Super Bowl and before March Madness, we pretty much have this lull Oh, this quiet period where sports, although it's busy, there's still stuff going on, but obviously it's not in your face day to day with tons of news, tons of sporting events, tons of games. Yes, there's college basketball. Yes, there's the NBA, the NHL, even exhibition baseball for that matter. But again, it's not like it would be during the fall months, whether it's September, October, November, December, January, or of course starting with March Madness, which should have kicked off this program today. Whether we go through the spring, obviously with the playoffs, the Masters, the baseball season, NFL draft, etc. I've always thought in the past, when I look at this part of the calendar, especially if you're religious and you look at between Ash Wednesday and Easter as far as Lent is concerned, the one thing I knew that I could never give up Obviously, I could give up alcohol, I could give up certain foods or certain vices that were bad, whether it was one-year diet soda. But the one thing, of course, I could never give up is sports because it's my life. It's pretty much since birth, what I've been following, what I've been talking about, playing, whatever it is. And last week, as we were on the air, we were talking about how the Lakers and Clippers had a big duel, LeBron James for MVP, a big weekend as they beat the Bucks the previous Friday. And even though we sort of talked about what was happening in the world with this coronavirus, but who would have thought that literally 48 hours later, it would not only shake 
the world upside down, but obviously the sports world to the point where instead of me trying to give it up for Lent, the coronavirus said, no sports for you, my friend, and you're going to have to live and deal with it. And we'll go chronologically through what had happened just to kind of reset everything to lead us up to today. Of course, I thought about putting out a podcast on Friday with everything that happened on Thursday, but I just knew that there was going to be more to come with this, not necessarily just from a big picture as far as the day-to-day life and what that's going to entail now, what it seems like for the next couple of months, or at least the next several weeks. But just from the standpoint of sports, because when all the news started to break from Wednesday night, and that's where it pretty much started, because we could go back to even last Sunday, where... Indian Wells, the tennis tournament out near L.A., when they canceled that, and a lot of people thought it was premature considering that at the Staples Center you had 20,000 shoulder-to-shoulder for a Laker-Clipper game. But then as news started to come out with a lot of these hot spots, especially in particular at the time near Seattle, also in Northern California, and then right here in my backyard, literally New Rochelle is 10 to 15 minutes from where I live. Where if you watched the 60 Minutes piece last night, and I'm sure it's probably on YouTube or you could go to CBS.com, you could see for yourself how this one gentleman who's my age, who had this coronavirus to the point where he went to three different locations throughout the course of a day, and who would have thought that it would have spread like wildfire to where it's become the epicenter, certainly of the Northeast, if not maybe even the country, when it comes to this virus. And then when you look at What had taken place, especially Wednesday night, we fast forward, where Wednesday during the day there was talks of the Brooklyn Nets playing the Golden State Warriors in front of no fans because California was one of the first states to bring down the edict of not having more than, I believe at the time, was either 250 or 500 people gathered in a building for any type of event, which meant No fans. So a lot of people were looking forward to even watching that just to get a feel to see what it would be like to watch a game and not hear the crowd, the roar, the boos, the elation, whatever it may be. And then Thursday was when everything really all came down, or really Wednesday night, I should say, when the Utah Jazz were at Oklahoma City. And before tip-off, there was a conference there on the court between some officials, not only just the game officials, but uh, health officials, I'm sure from each one of the representatives of the Jazz and the Thunder, and how they had to call the game off. And shortly thereafter, it was announced to the world that Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz defensive stalwart, would tested positive for coronavirus. And then the following day was Donovan Mitchell. And then at that point, you just knew that this was going to come down heavy, not only just on the NBA, but the rest of the sports and the rest of the leagues were going to follow suit. And as you've seen since then, and I could go through everything as far as how it all trickled down, the whole domino effect. A lot of the NCAA tournaments, obviously last week was college championship week. So whether it was the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, all of them said, "Uh uh-uh. We're pulling the plug on this. We're going to cancel this tournament. And then a lot of people thought, could it possibly be 
that the NCAA March Madness, men's tournament and women's for that matter, that they were also going to show off the lights on is the biggest three weeks in college basketball, which makes billions of dollars. And I know they waited to the last minute, which I believe was Friday mid-morning, early afternoon. And I understand this is the three weeks that they live for, and they tried to do whatever it takes, whether it meant going into all these arenas similar to what Golden State was going to do and not have fans be a part of this. But they knew that this was taking a life of its own and that there was no way that they could even attempt to have this tournament launch, which would have been three days from this very moment. Well, actually, when you think about it, tomorrow night, as I'm recording this very early Monday morning. And then the NBA followed suit by suspending their season. Same with the NHL. Now, the NCAA, the Big East, actually started the first half of St. John's and Creighton. And I'll get to St. John's in a minute. They started that game, played a half, until the officials came in and said, we're going to have to stop this. And rightfully so, they did. And I believe St. John's even had a lead at the half. So when you knew all this was unfolding, pretty much by the second, and right in front of our eyes, you just knew that as a sports fan, there wasn't going to be anything to watch. There wasn't going to be anything to follow. And then by Thursday night, when all the news had broke with, uh, with all the leagues and with everything that was looked like that was going to be it. You still had the Masters you had to deal with. There was a UFC event that took place Saturday night with nobody in the arena. And you kind of wondered what was going to happen with some of those. Even the NFL, they said that the draft right now is going to go as expected, considering that's not until late April. But now Las Vegas, which the draft is being held, most of the hotels, if not all the hotels or the casinos, that is, they're going to be on lockdown. So you would think that the NFL draft as of right now, and I guess they could look at it, there's still six weeks to go between now and then, but they're certainly going to have to make a decision sometime soon because we all know the gathering of groups and large groups for that matter are certainly going to not be recommended when it comes to the CDC or I'm sure by the powers that be here that run the country, especially with something like the NFL draft, Because we all know the NFL fan, you could hold a draft on a Wednesday, 2 in the morning, in the cornfields in Iowa. And they'll still have 100,000 people out there. So as we look ahead here, with the Masters being postponed, and now the baseball season being postponed until, they said, for the first two weeks. But the CDC had put out a statement saying that they're recommending not having any groups of more than 50 people anywhere. And that's even including weddings. That if you have a wedding where you're going to have a bunch of people congregate in one room or one area, they're saying, I would try to postpone that. And as we look at the sports world moving forward, right now it looks like June at the earliest from what the NBA said. So what that means is the NHL, May we start in June? Same for the baseball season. Same for the Masters, which they're looking at possibly maybe 4th of July weekend. If there's some sense of normalcy come, let's say, June 1st or after Memorial Day. Maybe even September. Could be Labor Day weekend. And I know that could be a tough weekend because everybody's traveling. But 
People will pay attention to the golf. Not only because it's the biggest golf tournament, but people are going to be dying because they want to see who's going to win the Green Jacket in Augusta. But that's for down the road. But right now, the most important thing is that the sports world are being put on the shelf for quite some time. That the citizens of this country need to regroup. They need to do what's best to keep themselves as healthy. And the whole social distancing, which is all the rage right now, but it makes a thousand percent sense that we just sit back, wait for this to all unfold. Hopefully this thing doesn't spread and we all know that you can be the healthiest person and eat right, exercise, etc. But you can still carry the sucker and pass it on to somebody else. And I'll get into a little bit more of that later on as far as from a personal standpoint. Right now I want to keep it about sports. So before we even go any further, I know I mentioned St. John's before. And if you're a Georgetown Hoya fan like myself, no matter our What happens in the regular season between Georgetown and St. John's, which usually Georgetown beats them and they beat them up pretty bad. When it comes to a Big East tournament, when it comes to an NIT, as it was many years ago, I believe off the top of my head, was it 2003, Michael Sweetney, if everybody remembers that game, in the NIT final, we can never beat St. John's at a big spot. And I say we as if I've graduated from the university or played on the team. I'm an alumni. And obviously I'm far from that. But when you pretty much have the game in control, you're up by double digits for most of the game, and you would think that it's moot now because obviously there's no Big East champion. But when you get to a point where St. John's, who has had a tough go here over the last decade plus, their most famous player who was the coach over the last few years had to step down and won Chris Mullen. And now you look like you're ready to advance. You've had a season from hell, 15 and 17. And then St. John's just blows right past you if you're standing still to the likes of a 23-0 run to win going away. And pretty much Georgetown has had the same result similar to St. John's over the past decade because ever since they went to the Final Four back in 2007, they have really nothing to root for. So I had to throw my two cents in on that. So Hoyas, even with Patrick Ewing at the helm, certainly a far cry from the days that he played 35 years ago or so. Also a far cry from the Alonzo Mourning, Dikembe Mutombo teams. Far cry from the Allen Iverson, Othella Harrington, Jerome Williams teams. The Roy Hibbert, Jeff Green, Jonathan Wallace teams. And now here we are, 2020. Another first round exit by the Hoyas. So that's what you have, people. That pretty much, in a nutshell, breaks down the last four or five days here. And the one thing I didn't mention, I know the TPC, the Players' Championship, down there near Jacksonville, they played around before they shut down. And, of course, I talked about the Masters, and obviously they've postponed that, and it remains to be seen as to when they'll play that. And you also got to admit that the PGA is certainly in jeopardy as they're going to play in May. If a lot of what's being said, not having any big groups, large gatherings until at least June, well, that certainly puts the PGA in jeopardy. But that's the realism of the sports fan right now. And who would have thought the only thing that I've ever experienced anything close to this was 9-11 and how they suspended the baseball for 10 days. 
NFL just for one week. Obviously, basketball and hockey weren't in play. College football was as well. But this one, it impacts all the sports because of the way the calendar fell into the world's lap to the point of baseball, opening day being compromised, obviously the march to both the NHL and NBA playoffs, March Madness, need I say more? Of course, the Masters, the tradition like no other. You know, this wasn't a deal where it was in the middle of the summer where not a lot is going on or even in the sports dead zone, which we were coming out of it. And one sports dead zone that actually was a lot impactful, not necessarily just because of this virus, but you had the deal with the Astros, a lot of the talk with the NFL, Tom Brady in particular, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But I tell you, who would have thought that this virus would certainly take the world, forget about even the country, because the only thing close to this was 11 years ago with the swine flu, which originated in Mexico, and it was brought to the U.S. Now, mind you, it's certainly not as contagious as the coronavirus, but the crazy thing is that a lot of the stats back then, which this swine flu started in April 2009, And it was deemed over by the CDC in August of 2010. Now, hundreds of thousands of people were in contact with this swine flu. But the crazy thing is, is that in this country alone, 12,000 people died. Now, of course, when people think about flus and this pandemic that we're going through, a lot of people think that once they get it, that it's a death sentence. And it's not. Now, the next step is, what do we do moving forward when it comes to sports? If you have ESPN Classic, I'm sure you're going to be inundated with a lot of the tournament stuff, as I'm sure they're going to put that sucker round the clock as far as the greatest games, the greatest stories. I'm sure you see a lot of the UCLA teams with John Wooden, a lot of the stuff with Duke, especially Christian Leitner, the shot against Kentucky, even UNLV Duke. I'm sure you'll see it all. And unfortunately, that's going to be the most that you're going to get when it comes to sports as far as watching any type of games because you're not going to see any competition not only in the near future, but certainly over the course of the next minimum six to eight weeks, which is hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, I mean, it really is hard to fathom that a lot of sports news, you're going to hear a lot of other things besides what's happening between the white lines or on the court on the field, on the ice, etc. And of course, I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere, people. I've got a couple things lined up. I'm working on some guests. I want to get some guests from the sports world, but I have some podcasts lined up, which I'll get into at the end of the program. So I am not going anywhere, people. Just because there's no sports doesn't mean that, all right, I'll see you come June or whenever the first sign of games are to come and Nuh-uh. I'll be here to entertain and inform you regardless. And hopefully to have you look forward to what it is I have to say to put you a little bit at ease, to kind of take a little bit of the stress off. And I get that, Jay Reels, it's only sports. Why are you making a big deal about it? But you know what? Somebody needs an escape. Can't go to the movies. 
Chances are you're probably not going to be able to go to the restaurant. You're going to be Netflix to death. So if you want to listen to something, audiobooks, I get that. But if you want a little diversion and listen to some sports while you're maybe out jogging or taking a walk around the neighborhood or walking the dogs, this is what I'm here for. And we're going to do this together. I understand we're not going to be in proximity or we're not going to be in contact from that regard, but as you well know, I'm going to be very easy to find. If you don't know already, my social media accounts, email, which I always put at the end of this podcast. So I'm not going anywhere, people. So I just want to put it from that perspective that as much as there's gloom and doom, the fear of the unknown, the anxiety, etc., I'm going to here to put a little ease on all that. Because the one thing I will say before we talk about some topics here in reference to what's going on recently here in sports, from a personal standpoint, if you know me, I've never been one to get immersed in the news or get wrapped up in what people are saying. I'm a very easygoing guy. I'm not the type to be too high or too low. I'm always somewhere in the middle. So if you tell me right now that, hey, I can get LeBron James on your show, I'm not going to do back wheels and somersaults. Yeah, maybe on the inside. But until I get that conversation with him recorded, done, then that's when I'll start the party and spread the word. And the same if it was the opposite. If I was promised LeBron James and then just so happened that, oh, well, he's not going to do it because you're just some small guy out of the Bronx, New York, then, all right, I understand. I get it. And right, would I be crushed on the inside? Of course, if I knew I was going to have an opportunity to either sit across from him or have him call in to discuss his career, et cetera, whatever it may be. But my point is is that I'm always in the middle. So whatever the media has been putting out over the last four, five, six days and just injecting fear into everybody and the anxiety that everybody has and the American citizens, I mean, that's another story. As we all know, in this digital age, you see the half-mile lines going into Costco and you see people fighting over toilet paper and paper towels and things of that nature. I mean, please, have we gotten so low that we have to have a 15-round heavyweight fight in the middle of aisle five just for a roll of toilet paper or hand sanitizer? Now, humanity, that's another podcast I can get into, but it just goes to show you that when you see these images or when you read or even listen or watch what's going on and people just get so wrapped up into that, And I get that some people are just creatures of habit. First thing you do in the morning, you turn on the news. Or you listen to it on radio or satellite. Or watch it, Today Show, etc. And even with all that, I certainly still don't get too high or too low with what's being said. I don't. And I'm not trying to say that it's my world and everybody has to pay rent. But obviously, if you let whatever negativity or you let whatever all these images just... Penetrate your thought process, your mental, spiritual, emotional, psychological mood, then guess what? You're going to be doomed from the start. And I understand that you can't ignore it. I understand that you just can't brush it off. That, ah, you know, I'm going to be fine. No. Look what happened to Rudy Gobert when that came down. And I know I didn't even touch on that, but karma bit him in the ass. And even apologized and should have known better. And you know what? Hey, you made a mistake. 
trying to make light and be silly of a situation. And look, that's one thing. Karma doesn't forget stuff like that. But again, people want to just focus on the negative and focus on the fights, the arguments, the long lines, whatever. Thankfully, this weekend, I was able to get out and get pretty much anything that I needed. Now, right, were there some empty shelves? Were there a lot of the produce was out? Yeah, it was. But again, a lot of that is fueled and generated by the media. Because they look at it as, oh, you're going to have to hunker down for God knows how long. Or you know what? This thing is spreading like wildfire, which is all true, and I get that. But it's just so ratcheted up. And if you let anything bother you, if you're the type that just absorbs this for two minutes and it just wrecks your day or ruins your mood, no, you got to just walk away from that. Don't even bother. And I understand we're all different. We all dance to our own beat, our own drum, etc. But the one thing that we could all do, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree on this, is that just do the best you can to... Be in contact with your loved ones. Keep yourself safe. Eat right. Don't eat junk. Try to move. If you're going to move, move with one individual or a couple just to interact with somebody because to do everything behind a screen is just as unhealthy. It's not healthy for your eyes. It's not healthy for your well-being. It's all right to lace up a pair of shoes and go for a walk 10 times around the neighborhood or go to a local park. And just let your mind be free. Let your thoughts just wander. Regroup. Take in some fresh air. Doesn't hurt. So hopefully everybody could abide by that. And not get so wrapped up in what's happening with somebody in the Midwest. Or somebody in your neighborhood about a fight over who had the last hand sanitizer. So that's what we got there. Now let's get back to sports. I know I should have probably saved that to the end. But I guess it's good to kind of sandwich it to... Talk about the realism of what's going on. Starting off the program, obviously, with the chain of events taking place over the past week to now getting into that. And, of course, before we move on to other things and then say goodbye, I guess it was good to kind of sandwich that in as opposed to putting it at the end. So, And I'm sure I'll probably say another word about it before we say goodbye. But a couple other things that uh, happened in sports throughout the course of the last week. I'll start with the NBA because they're the ones that pretty much have set the precedent. Whether it was going to have that game in Golden State with no fans or on the unfortunate situation with the aforementioned Rudy Gobert and even Donovan Mitchell. And of course, I got to throw in a third player. The Detroit Pistons, Christian Wood, also was tested positive. You couldn't have had a worse year. And whenever the games start up again, and it looks like it may be at best sometime early June, but this is one year that the NBA would certainly just rather forget. I mean, just think about this. I'm going to go through a list. This is what they've endured since October, and here we are not even six months later. China, Steph Curry's injury, the death of David Stern, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, announcing that they would probably play an arena with no fans, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Christian Wood, first to suspend their season, and in a best-case scenario, picking up off in June in a year where they had just come off a weekend where 
Giannis went up against LeBron, the two favorites for the MVP of the league. And the Lakers and Clippers, which a lot of people are thinking it could be a preview of a Western Conference final. And now we're dark until God knows when. Now the one thing the NBA could certainly be proud of, and you got to give it up to Mark Cuban who started this whole deal as far as paying employees their salaries during the suspension, making sure that they had their backs, that obviously this wasn't anything to do with them, certainly something that they had no control over. And then you had a few players, in particular Giannis and Zion Williamson, following suit to contribute $100,000 for aid in regards to the arena workers, which is a tremendous job on their part. And I'm sure there are a few other players and owners that are also following suit. So that's been one good thing that the NBA has done, and kudos to them. The other leagues, I'm sure they've done the same thing, whether it's baseball. Maybe not necessarily baseball, but think about it. Come March 26th, opening day, the people who are going to get the stadiums ready and ticket takers, ushers, what's going to happen with them? And that's something I didn't talk about in the middle because I don't want this to be a gloom and doom podcast. I want it to be more realism and then to translate it to optimism. So hopefully Major League Baseball and the same for NHL and some of the other leagues are doing the same thing with the people that are employed in these arenas. But the other thing is with baseball, a lot of the teams have said, if you want to break camp, go right ahead. Knowing that there's not a foreseeable date in the future. The one thing the Yankees are doing as of right now, and they have one of their minor league players who had contracted a positive test for coronavirus. His name wasn't released. But the Yankees are looking to use this as a way to bond to strengthen their unity as a team and stick this out for however long it's going to be. Which I think is a very good idea. And who knows? This may even propel them. Now, this is something that I can't even predict right now, and it's well down the road, etc. But this is something that I'm sure is going to help them once they start playing ball and to see how that could transition into having a very special year. Because the first team that came to mind, I think about the 2007-2008 Celtics, Ubuntu, when they took their trip overseas and they did everything together. And we all know how that season turned out. I think even the Mets are trying to pretty much do the same thing. Where they want to stick together during this tough time to provide a little camaraderie, some unity. And I think it's a good thing. Now, does that mean that the teams that have splintered and gone their separate ways, is that a bad thing? Does that mean that they're not going to win a World Series? They're not going to go to the playoffs? Of course not. But I think it always helps when you have a group of guys on your team. And maybe not all... 25 guys that are going to make the roster need to be together at all times, but I think it's good because it shows chemistry. It shows the brotherhood of what being a Major League Baseball player is, especially when you're together pretty much every day for the course of six to eight months. And I think it could only help and certainly not hurt, whether it's a young team like the Mets that are looking to take that next step, make it into the postseason, and hopefully have a deep run. Or even a Yankee team that everybody, including myself, is predicting them to not only go to the World Series, but win one. So I think that's just something to think about. As a lot of these teams are just idle here until further notice. Alright, I'll touch on a couple of the things here before we go. 
And it's funny as I'm scrolling through, you can forget about my NBA over-under numbers, which uh, it took coronavirus to knock out my picks. And, hey, rightfully so, because they were just an atrocity. I mean, ugh. And I won't even go through those numbers again. I think I touched on them last week. But on a serious note, the two things of note, and I'll start with the NFL. As I mentioned at the top, they will go ahead with their season. As far as them raising the curtain on business, free agency period begins on Wednesday. But as of 12 noon today, the legal tampering begins. So I'm sure you're going to hear a ton about one person in particular, Number 12, formerly of the Patriots, considering that he's a free agent, and that's a one Thomas Edward Brady. But Brady, from right now, what it looks like, from what you're listening, watching, hearing, is that New England looks like they're going to be the front runner to get him back, only because of what took place down in Tennessee, where some people probably thought that he could be part of the Titans with his connection with Mike Vrabel, the former Patriot, and obviously the success they had this past postseason. Well, they signed a one Ryan Tannehill on the dotted line to a four-year, $118 million contract. I believe $62 million of that guaranteed. And good for him. I understand a lot of people are going to laugh at that. A lot of people are going to frown upon it. We all know he is not worth $118 million. But listen, if I'm a starting quarterback in the NFL, I'll probably get something close to that. What was it one-year Chase Daniel? If it was not New Orleans, I think uh, Philadelphia. Didn't he sign as a backup for $10 million a year? $10 million. And I haven't said this in quite some time, but my old and dear friend, John Guerrero, who I used to work with back in the day, and we used to have the running joke more from a baseball standpoint, but off the top of my head, I can't even tell you how many passes in his career Chase Daniel has thrown. But let's just say I'm throwing a number out. Let's say he's thrown 50 passes in the NFL, and he made $10 million as a backup. Well, he's thrown 50 more passes than I have, and I don't even play. But it just goes to show you how important the quarterback position is. And it doesn't matter if it's me, Tom Brady, or in this case, Ryan Tannehill, how much they're going to make. And he had a very good postseason, made a few throws, but that's all you need to do in order to get the big payday. And congratulations to Ryan Tannehill. But before I get to the surprising and let's call it as it is, steal of a trade from the Baltimore Ravens, the bigger news in the NFL was the collective bargaining agreement was approved by the players. And a very close vote, I might add. 51% of the vote that they got, 1,019 votes pro CBA, and then you had 959 votes that were on the con side. And it was interesting how Aaron Rodgers said last week where he brought up how are players really perusing this CBA or did they just say, screw it, Let me just hit okay and send, and that's it. And the best comparison I can make that with to the average folk, I said this last week, I'll say it again, is whenever you have to agree to those terms of service, whether you have an iPad, an iPhone, Android, whatever it is, and all those stupid terms of service, and they're not stupid, obviously they're there for a reason, but the terms of agreement where you have to scroll down 8,000 paragraphs, How many of those people, I'm raising my hand high right now, I'm one of those included that I just scroll down and hit accept, and that's it. And who knows, in those terms of agreement, they're saying that, yes, now we have all of your information, we can take your firstborn, we can knock on your door at 2 in the morning to ask questions, and of course, I bypassed it, so I'd have to look at myself in the mirror to put myself at fault for not really 
reading this from top to bottom. But you wonder if a lot of the players have done so, and that's why it could be a little skewed, and it would be very interesting to take a poll. I know it would be impossible to, you know, you have to get every player in the room to say, all right, yeah, I did read it or I didn't read it, but I'm sure a majority of them did not. And what does that mean moving forward for the NFL? Well, that means you're going to have extended playoffs starting this year. So you're going to have seven teams in each conference, which you're going to have three wildcard games Saturday and Sunday to kick off your NFL playoffs. So you're looking at one, four, 30, and eight right off the bat. You're also looking at a 17-game season, which will start in 2021. I believe they have it between 2021 and 2023 is when they're going to roll it out. But you know damn well that this sucker's being rolled out 2021. They are not wasting another year if they don't have to. And that also includes more money for the guys that aren't the star player or the superstar player. More money in their pocket, which I'm sure if once those players heard, whether it's your backup right tackle or your second string left guard or your nickel back, whatever it may be, it's one of those situations where they probably just clicked and said, hey, if that means more money for me, then fine. And I'm sure there's some health benefits involved, pension, etc. And obviously the revenue, I believe, is going to be even higher for them to the point where I believe it may be up to 48%. You know it will never be 50-50. And then last but not least, of course, when you're looking at the CBA, it's going to run through 2030. So they, in essence, have, it's 11 years when you think about it because that's at the end of the 2030 season. So even though it's 10, it's pretty much this whole decade, but they're including, you're looking at this year through 2030. So obviously if you do the math, you add it up to 11. So the NFL doesn't have to worry about that. No Armageddon forthcoming. And as far as the trade, I was shocked when I saw this. Now, we know Jacksonville, they are going to be football Siberia right now. And it's just a shame because two years ago, they were in the AFC title game and were that close from winning the game. They were up 10 points in the fourth quarter, and their vaunted defense at the time Weren't able to seal the deal, especially on that, what was it, third and 20, I believe it was, where Brady connected, and that was the biggest play of the game. So now they have traded Jalen Ramsey, as we all know, last year. They traded A.J. Bouye, I believe, to the Broncos. And then they trade Calais Campbell, defensive end, who is a All-Pro in 2017, three-time Pro Bowler the last three years for Jacksonville. Well, he gets traded to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth-round pick. Now, the Ravens, as we know, had a great regular season. And defensively, they had a guy, Matthew Judon, who was a good pass rusher and was a guy that was very disruptive. But now, to bring in a guy like Campbell, who's been in the league a long time, and I'm sure he still has some juice left in his game, but he is certainly going to be raring to go here, considering that he's going to be on a team that is going to be contending for a Super Bowl. And of course, me as a Steeler fan, I hate the move. And it seems like the Ravens always get these types of moves over the years, whether it's Earl Thomas last year or in years past, you know, bringing in Eric Weddle. You know, guys that certainly have very good resumes, Pro Bowl caliber, even Hall of Fame resumes. Whether they're long in the tooth or not, 
and it's just going to make it that much more harder to root against them, especially with the Steelers playing in the same division as the Ravens. Good move for them. Campbell's a guy that certainly could be the final piece to a defense that was good, not great. And Earl Thomas, although I think he's long in the tooth, not to say he can't play anymore, but when you bring a guy like Campbell in, it's certainly going to help more than it's going to hurt. And the NFL is going to be front and center here over the course of the next week. Not only with the Tom Brady news and where he's going to go. And I said it before, I said it again, I think he was going to go back to New England. But where some of these other players are going to go. And right, it may seem a foregone conclusion that Philip Rivers is going to go to Indy. But who knows where Jameis Winston's going to land or Marcus Mariota. And I haven't really given this a lot of thought, but I don't think I would mind Mariota on the Steelers. That's just off the top of my head. In fact, I think he'd be a good fit. But I don't think the Steelers are going to pay anything near what they're going to want or what Mariota's camp is going to want. So you can forget about that. But I just, for some reason, I could just see him being in a I'm not going to say a better system because Tennessee obviously has had much more success the last couple of years than the Steelers have, but a lot of that was predicated on their running game and Tannehill making a few throws. But Mariota, although he has been a bust considering he was a number two pick overall, has had his moments in the league and maybe just needs to start over and be under a different system. But a lot of the sports news you're going to hear over the course of, at least for this week, and this week only, are where these NFL free agents are going to go. So... We'll have that at least to shake a stick at here in the coming days as we're just going to be thirsting for anything related to sports. Because for damn sure we're not getting any games anytime soon. So any trades, free agent signings, you know, at least we'll have that to keep us a little bit on our toes as far as trying to pull any type of sports news from any direction. And then the other thing is The Iona basketball team here, which is in New Rochelle, and I said it before, as we all know, New Rochelle is a hotspot for this coronavirus. Over the weekend, they hired Rick Pitino to be their coach. And the first thing I thought of was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I'm sure it was a thing where Rick Pitino probably went to the AD, the athletic director of that school to say, I want to be a part of this program. Because as we all know, Iona cannot afford the ilk of a one Rick Patino. There's just no way. And we know about the resume. And obviously the name speaks for itself. But with that, and I know it was a tough spot, but I think they had to do it. Did they sell their souls to the devil? They absolutely did. No ifs, ands, buts, maybes about it. Because of all the baggage that Patino brings to this program. And with the former coach, Tim Kloos, who done a masterful job. Remember, that's a league where if you win the league, you get into the tournament. And he did so six of the last, last nine years. But because of health reasons, he had to step down. I think I mentioned that at the top. But now you have Rick Patino coming in. And Patino, we all know what he's done throughout his career. The championships. Even going way back. The Providence run to the Final Four. Obviously, Nick Coach. 
The Celtic years were a disaster. I don't even want to mention those. But from the college standpoint, we know what he's done throughout his storied Hall of Fame career. Unfortunately, it's the stuff that's off the court and everything that he brings in his background is what's going to raise an eyebrow and wonder if this is going to be a program, not that he's going to wreck, but they're going to hold their breath to see that what Rick Pitino are we going to get here? Are we going to get the guy that was part of a an alleged bribery scandal where Bill Self and Kansas were the ones leading the attack on that, but Louisville and their school, they were certainly a part of this thing. Now, the escort service deal, where he said he didn't know, I understand he's trying to do some damage control, but we all know that that's just tough to swallow considering that in this day and age with the way information is transmitted, processed, etc., that he did not have any inkling as to what was going on on his campus with these escorts and his players. I get if you're Iona, it is tough to have somebody of that ilk to come knock on your door to say, I want to run your basketball program. And what do you say? And I'm sure even with Patino, he probably says, I'll do it for the minimum. Now, the one thing you hope is that Patino, for however long he signed for, I mean, I don't even know what the terms of his deal is, but let's say if he's there for four years, that let's say he brings two great years to Iona and that he has other schools that are nipping at his heels and he says, all right, Iona, thanks for the memories, I'm out. Now, you only hope Patino doesn't do that. I mean, that's a story for, or a possible story for down the road, but you could only hope that this would be Patino's last stop to try to do something with a small program to make them as big as they possibly can. And hopefully leave it off better for the next guy than what it was. And not that it was a bad program, and not that it was a program that was suffering or what have you, because as I just mentioned, what they've done over the last decade, but still, you do have to wonder, is the motive for Rick Pitino just to get himself back coaching something that he does love, but to the point where he doesn't pivot and turn that into another job a couple of years in? Or does he look at this as his last hurrah to say, I've won championships. I've had to go to Greece to coach a team after what happened in Louisville. I've done it all. I want to come home, and he's from this area. I want to come home and lead this team to, chances are not a national title, people, because although he does have New York City as his recruiting playground, so to speak. But at the same time, he's not going to get the kid from the South or from the Midwest or whatever to come here just because he's Rick Pitino. He's got to fight with the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the Kansases of the world, even if he could throw his two rings from Louisville and Kentucky to say, come on board to Iona where we have a shot to make it to a Final Four year in and year out. That's not going to work. But he could certainly put them on the college basketball map. And in considering with everything that's going on in recent vintage here with the virus being what it is today, to hopefully put some semblance to the community, to put some normalcy, to rally the troops. I'm sure he's going to do a lot of stuff outside of the court and in real life to piece this whole thing together to get a community to hopefully rally around one another and be supportive and at the same time put up its best fight. And that will do it, people. Trust me, I'm not going anywhere. I will certainly keep you abreast of everything that's happening, what's going on in the world of sports, 
week in, week out. Not even just that, but even a couple of things that I have in store, which I'll get to in a minute. But I do want to shout out my hero in Zero of the Week. My hero of the week is Vince Carter because he may have played his last NBA game against the Knicks last week in Atlanta where he made a three-pointer toward the end of the game in a losing effort. But he said, if this is my way to go, this is it. He had been in the league 22 years. Chances are he will be a Hall of Famer, figure first ballot. Did he have a Hall of Fame career? He certainly had a lot of Hall of Fame years and Hall of Fame moments, but not that it needed to be quantified with a an NBA championship, but he didn't even come close to that. I don't believe any of his teams made it to a conference final. Maybe that one year with the Nets, if I'm not mistaken, but that may have been... 2005 when they lost to the Pistons, that's when the Pistons went on to play the San Antonio Spurs. I don't even believe he was on that team. In fact, that was Kenyon Martin's last year. So no, the following year is when Vince Carter, I believe, was a member of the Nets. So, but with all that being said, needless to say, 22 years in the NBA, anybody would sign up for that. So Vince Carter, you're my hero of the week. And because of everything that's going on in the world, there wasn't anything egregious as far as a zero of the week. So I'm just going to leave it blank. I will say this. For anyone that's going to be a zero of the week is to not take care of yourself, to be ignorant, to think that you're bulletproof. Don't do that. Just make sure that you do the best you can to stay away from people, to get in contact with your loved ones, to make sure that you're sufficient as far as what you have at home. Do a lot of things that you could keep yourself occupied. I understand there's only but so much TV you could watch and internet, etc. But no, get out, walk, jog, run. Of course, you're not going to go to any gyms, but just stay active with your brain, with your body, everything. And just hope that the light at the end of the tunnel will come much sooner than later. And as long as you do that, you'll be fine, people. Again, this virus is not a death sentence. Just be smart, just be wise, and most of all, be kind because with the way people are and how they act and so on and so forth, you certainly don't want to stoop to those levels. So just make sure that you continue doing what you're doing. Do it to the best of your ability. Spread some cheer, spread some love. But at the same time, I understand you have to do it at a distance. So, so that's what I got there. And finally, before I go, The one thing I do want to say in the weeks to come, I'm going to be a little creative. This is where, thankfully, I could go back in the history books in the brain and, of course, with a little research to talk about certain things that have happened in sports. In the coming days, I'm going to have a podcast where I'm going to record with someone from a tortured fan base. Yes, I always think that that's fascinating from the standpoint of knowing that somebody is from a particular region who has not sniffed or come near to winning a title, or may have had an opportunity to get to a championship, a Super Bowl, etc., to get their perspective on what they've had to experience. So I will have that in the coming days. I'll record that. I'm going to see if I can post it at the end of the week. If not, it will definitely be on next week. But that's going to be one of many things. Also, I want to talk about the diehard fan, someone like myself. I want to delve into that. And yeah, I may delve into as opening day was going to approach a week from this coming Thursday, I may get into some like opening day moments, things of that nature. So there's still going to be plenty to talk about and obviously whatever news that comes down the pike, especially in the NFL. So as I said before, I will keep you informed, entertained, try to uplift your spirits in whatever it is that you're doing. 
and hopefully deliver the best sports talk that you'd hear out there. And a way to support that, people, as I now transition to this podcast where your participation is vital. And the reason why I say that is because we all know there are zillions of podcasts out there. There are tons of sports podcasts. And, of course, there are a lot more known podcasts, whether it's people from certain networks, TV networks, that is, or radio networks, whatever that may be. If you don't know, I'm an independent entity here where I write, produce, edit, and host this podcast. So for a small person like myself, your contribution to subscribing to this podcast on wherever you get your podcast, whether it's on Apple, Google, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Luminary, CastBox, Player FM, whatever it may be. If you could go ahead and hit subscribe, you could do that on your tablet, phone, PC, whatever it is. And by doing so, you will get these podcasts front and center. They'll pop up on your phone. And I usually put these out every Monday, roughly eh, anywhere between 1 and 5 p.m. Eastern. So if you're on the West Coast, if you're in a different country, you know roughly all you got to do is just adjust the time to where you're at and figure out when this podcast will come up. Because what that will do will just increase the visibility of this podcast amongst the zillion others that I mentioned. And on top of that, will also generate interest for those outside who aren't familiar with this podcast so I could possibly have on as guests. So whether that's the current athlete, the former athlete, the sports writer, the blogger, the broadcaster, whatever it may be. Because now as we're going to have a lot of time to fill with no games being played, I want to see if I can get any of those guys on this podcast to edify you and to entertain you to share their stories on what they've experienced in the world of sports. And if you could just, again, hit subscribe, leave a rating, post a review, whatever you want, four stars, five stars, Jay Reels, he's funny, he's zany, he's crazy, he's informative, he's knowledgeable, etc. I would certainly greatly appreciate it. Also, you can hit me up on any of my social media accounts, whether it's on Instagram, Jay Reels, or the Jay Reels podcast, it's just strictly about the podcast and everything about sports, the Twitter feed, which is JReels1, just a number, my Facebook fan page at the JReels Podcast, and an email at the JReels Podcast at gmail.com. I'm open to any questions, comments, criticism, praise, whatever it may be, people, as we take a trip through the sports universe week in and week out, as we all know. So, whatever you want to add, I will certainly follow up and write back, as I'm pretty good at doing that for anybody that wants to reach out. And I would mention the Patreon page, but considering that they're everything what's going on in the climate of this country and the world, I'll hold off on that to a later date. But all I ask for you people is to just be safe. Again, keep in contact with your loved ones. Make sure that they're okay, especially your elders, whether it's your mom, dad, grandmother, grandfather, uncle, aunt, etc. Uh, I'll be doing that over the course of the next few days. Please follow along on those social media accounts. Reach out to me because, as we all know, for those tuning in for the very first time who have been with me now for the course of 118 episodes, you know I love to talk about everything that's going on in the world of the diamond, the world of the ice, the world of the gridiron, the hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court, you name it. From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx, the South Beach, the South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond. Peace, love, and God bless everybody. Be safe. And until next time on the J Reels Podcast, on the flip, baby.